0: Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. It's season four. We are witnessing history unfold before us. This is going to be a wild sports
1: year. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room Ladies. Go Kings! Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. Thank you so much for joining us on this fabulous January 11th, 2024. I'm Charlotte Payne. I'm Maddie, and before we do anything, we have to start out wishing our Locker Room
0: Ladies two time fantasy football champion, Arielle Brandt, a
1: very happy birthday. Happy birthday, Arielle. She, uh, you heard that right. She won the Locker Room Ladies Fantasy Football League for the second year in a row. And we've only had, Can't we've stop, only been doing stop. this for two years. So she's won every single year. So I don't know. I'm hoping to. You know, take her trophy from her next year, but we'll see. Hoping to snap that winning streak. <laughs> yes. But anyway, happy, happy, happy birthday to you. And Maddie, the locker room lady for this week is a very special one. You'll catch her on Monday night if you're tuning in to watch the Eagles and the Bucks. Her name is Lisa Salters, and she's the lead sideline reporter for Monday Night Football and ESPN. She's been doing it for many, many years. She started in 2012, but her story goes back even further than that. She's a seasoned veteran in the broadcasting field, starting out in 1995 as the first West Coast correspondent for the ABC affiliate news service, News One. And in LA, she covered the O.J. Simpson trial. Who knew? She covered the Oklahoma City bombing trials the 1998 Winter Olympics in Japan and the TWA eight, flight 800 crash. So a lot of very hard stories out there in LA that she covered. Uh, I mean, was a- sports connections, the, the Winter Olympics, obviously
0: sports. And then OJ obviously came from a sports background, totally yeah. different, different topic there in that trial. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's such an interesting start to her career because Obviously, you and I were born right around that time. So we only know her as the sideline reporter Lisa Salter. So I, yes. I I didn't actually know that about her until we looked into her for today's episode. So I think that that's super cool how she transitioned from kind of one aspect of news to the other.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you when I saw that she covered the OJ trial, I was enthralled because <laughs> I'm really into true crime right now. I've been and I'm sure everybody listening has heard about the Gypsy Rose Blanchard thing and I'm so into the documentary right now. And imagine back then when the OJ Simpson, Simpson trials were going on, they they didn't the media didn't cover trials like they do now. That was kind of the first of its kind and she was she was there to cover it all, which is very remarkable the stuff that she did there and remarkable still to this day. She actually is a Penn state alum. She was the shortest ever to play basketball there at five, two. So that's fun. All us shortly. I'm that. five foot three. So uh, we have to stand together. The short, we Kings. love the Pennsylvania Kings. connection connection, Charlotte. Yes. We love that. But after, after that, after her time in LA, she, ended up joining ESPN in 2000 as a general assignment reporter. And of course we know her as the sideline reporter today, but she covered so many different events. She covered the FIFA world cup. She covered the 2004 Olympic games. She covered the NBA finals. She's done so many things at ESPN. She truly is one of those people that you, you look at and, She just embodies the sport. And you think ESPN when you think about um, Lisa Salters and vice versa.
0: And she actually was a part of the first all-female NBA broadcast, which is super cool. We love the first woman, too, here on the Locker Room Ladies podcast. Absolutely.
1: Whenever we have a Locker Room Lady, we have to Google her her name. First of all, we Google her name to see what comes up because sometimes you get – you don't get what you should be getting when you Google somebody's name. It should be, why don't we get all of her accolades? Um, and I always like to search first woman too because I want to see what what strides she has made in her her industry and her field. So plenty of, plenty of flowers to give to Lisa Salters today. And we'll see her on Monday night when she uh, is reporting from the sideline in Tampa Bay.
0: She's also just one of those reporters that I just have the utmost respect for whenever I'm watching the broadcast. I love hearing her reports. I mean, I think almost every female sideline reporter I feel the same way about, but, but it is, it is nice to see a veteran out there and it's nice to see the new faces too, but she is one that has just been such a staple kind of for the past couple of years for me as a sports fan on Monday night football, but always great to see Lisa out there. It's great to see, women in broadcast and not only on the sidelines but in the studio and and up there in the booth calling the game so I just I love the more female broadcasters the more excited I get just because I think it still does remain kind of a male dominated field Not kind of it really is um and obviously you want to hear former players but sometimes I think that The female sideline reporters ask really, really unique questions that me as a viewer, I'm like, that was such a good question. And I sometimes feel like the female perspective is a really unique one when it comes to empathizing and thinking of those more emotion evoking questions that for us as a viewer really are the memorable special ones. So totally, Lisa is definitely excellent at her craft and I'll be excited to watch her as the playoffs kick off on or as the playoffs take off this weekend and for her on Monday night.
1: Of course. But before we get to the NFL, Maddie, we have to give some more flowers out to Michigan on their national championship win this past week. I am excited to see what they can do next year uh, on CBS, of course, in the Big Ten. And if this was any taste of what the Big Ten is going to be like in its new era, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a battle out there. Yeah. I mean, that team
0: just looked so dominant, and they just were so (laughs) physical. They beat up that O-line, and they beat up Penix. And, I mean, he is – one of the top quarterbacks in college football. We're definitely going to see him in the NFL and and I really just love watching his game. So to see him getting beat up was really tough like that. He was holding his ribs at the end of the game. I mean, it was you could tell it was just such a physical battle. And Michigan really was in the driver's seat for a lot of that game. Washington just had a couple of miscues they couldn't they couldn't get back from. And I think although I was rooting for Washington, while I was watching it, I didn't really have any skin in the game, so it was just kind of fun to see how it unfolded. And you know, congrats to Michigan. Congrats to, to Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh and his whole family were out there on the sidelines. So, so that was pretty special for them. Definitely, definitely one for the for the history books, especially because this was kind of a refreshing college football national championship in a sense because it was two newer faces than we're used to seeing for the past it's true for the past couple of years i think it's both of their first natty appearance since the the college football playoff format wow which has been around for like what 8 8 or 9 years 8 or 9 years i think so i think that that was both of their first appearance in the college in the football new, in the new era national championship ever since yeah the new era which is now come to an end
1: so it's yes, kind so. of like
0: fun that it was their first one and also everyone's last one in this format <laughs> because next year we are going to the 12-team playoff format, which in this case, the committee did did kind of get it right because it ended up being the the one and the two that faced off at the end. So you can say what you want to say. If you're a Florida State fan, I know they feel some type of way about Florida State not getting into the the playoffs. But at the end of the day, my take on that now has kind of adjusted at first. I was like, wow, they made the right call, but that's gotta be tough for Florida state. But after seeing Florida state's performance against Georgia, my thing is a lot of them did not play. And I think it's almost a little bit of a cop out to say like, Oh, well, we, we would have won and we would have played people if we made it. But you kind of, you didn't prove. My thing is if they would have gone out there and played all their players and beat Georgia, then I would say you have an argument to say, this was the wrong call. But now I'm like, it's kind of a yeah. cop out because it's would have, could have, should have. You guys didn't play anyone and and you lost you big. Lost. So kind big of didn't play. prove anything. And I mean, they're still trying to say like, oh, well, well we we would have played people and blah, blah, blah. But I think it kind of just proves the point that it wasn't their year to get in, unfortunately for Florida State fans. But definitely seemed to be the top two teams left standing.
1: Yeah. Some more news out of college football, Maddie. Nick Saban retired. What the heck? I mean, okay, first of all, this man is the face of college football. I would even hear him college sports because he 100%. His- and also, I'm reading Maddie put a couple notes in on him. He's 72 years old. I'm sorry. He looks fabulous for being 72, probably because he's out there running the gamut all for the past however many years he's been with Alabama. His 17-year tenure there. One note I saw on Instagram tonight, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, when he announced his retirement, he had 44 first-round draft picks and only 29 losses. Maddie, that is an insane number. This guy his legacy expands Alabama. It goes all across the NFL. We know he had a little bit of, he spends a little bit of time coaching in the NFL, but his time in the NFL is not defined by that. It's defined by all these first round draft picks and all these national championship wins. And he, the only question I'm left to ask is who is taking over in Alabama? Can anybody fill those shoes?
0: I... I'm so curious what, what's going to happen with Alabama. Since that was announced, which this is Wednesday as we're recording this, this news broke at like 3 or 4 p.m. on Wednesday, January 10th. So this is very, it's very crushed. new. And, and we were already since then, right now it's like 8.30. I already got a notification that one of – Alabama's recruits has already flipped since then oh I can't I'm well, trying to see, see if it, I can find it
1: Maddie that's the big thing Nick Saban brought people into Alabama and people stayed for him so that's a great that's another great question what's the fallout here also we were supposed to record this yesterday on Tuesday and we did not and I think that was meant to be because the the college broke.
0: Yeah, so already just hours after the news broke that Nick Saban was retiring – five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams told ESPN that he has decommitted from wow. the Crimson Tide's 2024 recruiting class. So I think that there is going to be a lot of that as as time un- kind of moves on just because there's a lot of uncertainties. And a lot of the time, the reason that you're choosing to go to a school is because of the coach. Of course, with Alabama, they have that name recognition, but a big part of that is Nick Saban. They want to play for Saban. And without yeah. him, it's going to be
1: Honestly, shocked when someone told me at work today, I was floored. I, I was like, "What is happening today?" I I was talking to Emily Mariotti about it, a friend of the show, a locker room ladies gal, and she was like, "She she loves sports, but she also is very silly." And she said, "Nick Saban, best known from his role in The Blind Side, obviously." <laughs> and I saw a tweet from Barstool, like a Barstool affiliate account, and it said, "Nick Saban." best known for his breakout performance in the blind side, has retired from playing college football. <laughs> and all the comments were like, oh, wait, he was actually a coach. Wait, that's so funny. Which is all just a joke, of course, but I think it's that's funny. so funny. He, he yeah, it's definitely a- the
0: the end of an era completely because yeah. – we're, So we're seeing – So it's we've talked about this on the show before about how it was kind of – We're in – We just kind of finished up that end of the Quarterback era in the NFL were kind of the yes. guys that we grew up with: the, the Tom Brady, the Big Ben, the the Manning brothers, yeah, the Manning. that kind of whole class. I mean, Joe Flacco was a part of it, but now he's back, so he's not into quite that? Still, <laughs> still hanging on. We we have one left, and, yeah, and Joe Flacco. But now we're kind of seeing that with coaches, which obviously a, a coach's lifespan as a coach is a lot longer than an NFL quarterbacks. Lifespan, but we are – not lifespan, I guess, longevity. But Career, yeah. Yeah, just it, – it's lasts longer because it's not – you're not getting beat up physically and hit every single week like you are. It's more of a mental game, coaching. But we saw Nick Saban retire today. Also – Bill Belichick is his name has been floating around as oh, yeah. maybe being out in New England for months now and we haven't heard anything but I mean I've, a lot of people think that he's the next the year that's going to drop.
1: Yeah, he is not saying yeah. anything. Mm-mm. He says he likes to yeah. coach, he loves it in New England, he's grateful for the people and he's not saying a word past that. I don't know if no.
0: he's I don't know if he's going to retire. I, I don't know if I could see him retiring completely, but I oh, I God, could though. see him leaving the Patriots, but I just well, can't hey. imagine he's going to Maddie, Step down.
1: Because of the open position, he might be traveling west to the Pacific North Northwest yeah. this offseason. So perhaps. also
0: today, this is this is actually the big news until the Sabin news dropped. Pete Carroll will not return as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He will, however, remain with the team as an advisor. And he even said in the in the press conference where they announced it. That he did compete pretty hard to to remain coach of the team, but unfortunately that's not the way the cards fell. He has coached the Seahawks for 14 seasons, and he actually is the NFL's oldest head coach currently. He's 72. Belichick is 71, so... Yeah. He's the the next oldest, but yeah. So that was the big news, and then all of a sudden, Saban was
1: like, "Wait a second <laughs> How can I make about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you drop this? Me. what? Now it's all about just this. Yeah. Instead, like the end of an era. I mean, these both these head coaches, more flowers out. I mean, this is the day we're giving flowers out all day here on the talk yeah. podcast. All props to these two amazing head coaches, and. We're not giving anything to Belichick yet because he's got to formally retire, and then we'll give. (laughs) I know the Saban
0: one is just what really shocked me because I feel like he. You're so right when you said that he is college football. Like, yeah, he's just
1: what you think of when you think of a football coach. Yeah, and even Saban. if, If you don't know about college football or college sports, you know Nick Saban and his name and what he does there and what he has done there transcends Mm -hmm. sports. Like you don't need to know sports to know Nick Saban. And that I think is what makes him I mean he's such a household name. It makes him so great. Totally. Totally. And I mean he has, he has
0: the accolades and he will for sure be forever in the history not only of the Crimson Tide, but of NCAA and just in the sports world in general because he has done so much for the sport and I mean all the respect in the world to these guys for their careers because they really have left such a big mark and definitely going to be tough shoes to fill for sure I have no idea what is going to happen next season at Alabama but we will mm-hmm. have to wait and see Charlotte in the meantime all these offs. Quote unquote offseason announcements dropped today, but there is still football to be played. It's playoffs. We're heading in to super wild card weekend, and I could not be more ready. I literally have a trip planned this weekend, and I am rearranging my whole day <laughs> Sunday because the Steelers against all odds found their way into the playoffs yet again. So I am
1: super excited. And I'm also excited for today because we are going to bring back some hot or dead, Charlotte. Love. One of my favorite segments we do on this show. We just need to remind those listening at home, my bandwagon quarterback of this season, chosen before the season began, Derek (laughs) Conner. Don't know why I picked him, Maddie. Kind of a bust. I mean, uh, he had a little bit of a stretch, but it wasn't anything notable. And obviously, they're not in the playoffs this season. Yeah. I'll it's always okay. Remind, it's okay. I mean, I'll always remind our listeners, our friends and family back at home, that I did choose Matthew Stafford in the first year, and he won the Super Bowl that year. So, yeah. Yeah. You That's will true. always have Matt Stafford.
0: I will always and, have that. you know, you can't win them all. So, it's okay, Charlotte. We'll yeah. see what you got next
1: year. <laughs> maybe. And, hey, maybe. Maybe, maybe Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl this year, because he certainly can, considering he is – the sixth seed in the NFC, and he is in the playoffs. He's going to be playing at 8-15 on Sunday. So tune in to watch him play the Lions. But we'll we'll get to all these things. We'll get to all these things.
0: Yeah, so let's just break down the playoff teams. So we got our two one seeds, the 49ers for the NFC, the Ravens for the AFC. And then we got a full slate of games on Saturday and Sunday and There's a Monday night game as well. So I guess not a full slate of games on Saturday because there's only two games, but two games Saturday, three games Sunday, one game Monday. I'm so excited, Charlotte. Okay. I think we just got to go game by game. Let's start with... We're we're doing this. It's happening. Yeah. So, okay. Let's go in order. The first game of the weekend is the Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Charlotte. Let's first start hot or dead, and then let's actually give predictions and and talk about the game.
1: Okay, fine. Hot or dead. Browns. This is team specific, not matchup specific. We'll talk about team specific. So browns, hot or dead.
0: Browns are. So they can both be hot. Browns are hot for me. Browns are hot. Okay. I also have the browns as hot. And then I wrote the Flacco effect because Ever since Joe Flacco has been back at it, it has been the most fun to watch. And I said last week, like, I really should hate everything about it, but it's yeah. you just got to be happy about it because you got no. a guy who's 40 years old that was essentially written off and retired and just came back out of nowhere and led this team that people were starting to count out into the freaking playoffs. It's fun. I love it. They're hot. And they're riding the Flacco wave. Absolutely. Totally. However, I also
1: have Houston as hot. Okay. What about you? For, I actually didn't – I was stuck on them. I didn't write them down, which probably means they're dead in my Ooh, opinion. Ooh, okay. I love CJ Stroud. We've loved him here on the Locker Room Ladies podcast. He can actually become the youngest starting quarterback to win a playoff game since 2002 when Michael Vick did it. And, I mean, I'm rooting for him, but – I just don't know if they have what it takes. They've had a lot of injury in the last couple weeks. I think that they slid into the playoffs, but I think that they're dead. I'm sorry, Houston. Okay. Okay.
0: All completely valid. <laughs> I think, okay. I think if the Texans can take advantage of the fact that they have home field advantage totally, and if they are able to knock off the Browns, In this first round, I think that they actually have a legitimate chance to make a run in these playoffs. And I think that they're one of the more dangerous teams because they haven't been considered a threat the whole season. But the playoffs is a completely different ballgame, as you know, as we talk about. It is the slate is wiped clean for every team and anything can truly happen. So I just kind of went through all these games and I did all my hotter deads. And then I wrote a little star to who I think is going to win. And I wrote my star next to the Texans for this game. You so did not. I think, I think, okay, even though technically this is, the Texans are a higher seed because they won the division, so they're the four seed and the, the Browns are the five seed, I consider it more of an upset just because I think that the Browns are who most people – let's see what the spread is, actually. Let me tell you exactly what the line is.
1: Hmm, I don't know. According,
0: I... Yeah. According to Sports Book. Cleveland is favored by two and a half. So, okay.
1: so Houston is technically the underdog, even though yeah. it's, it's
0: a home game for them. Makes sense.
1: I think I think Cleveland will win that game. But if, he, okay. if Houston has what it takes... Ooh, I love that we're starting this off with a little difference of opinion. I like Let's it see too. see where we go All from right. here. What's next, Maddie? Okay, so next up
0: on Saturday, we got the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. And the headline here, Charlotte is that it is going to be cold. Obviously, that's always in the headlines with any game late in the season that Miami is a part of when they're not in Miami. (laughs) But this one is, this is not cold. This is below freezing. It It is actually freezing. When the Dolphins and Chiefs game kicks off on Saturday night. The temperature is forecast to be around 5 degrees Fahrenheit with a wind chill of negative 10 degrees. So, mm-hmm. it's going to be absolutely beyond freezing. And I almost think in this in that case that it's going to be I think if it was going to be like 25 or 30, that it would be maybe a little bit of an advantage for the Chiefs just cuz they're so used to it, but I think when it's that bitter cold I don't think anyone's going to have an advantage in that case. I think it's just freaking freezing and I just hope that the the teams in the NFL has the proper precautions to make sure that no one 100%. gets frostbitten or
1: anything and no one has any
0: health issues during due to the cold weather.
1: I totally agree. So, sending all my love and one. But <laughs> I'm um, glad that I will be watching that game safely um, indoors <laughs>
0: and yes. not in the bitter cold. No, no, no.
1: Maddie, I think, although they won't be feeling it in Kansas City, I think Miami is hot going into the playoffs here. They had a devastating loss, mm. with obviously losing Bradley Chubb. They've had a lot of injury, but they hang on somehow. And I, this team at the beginning of the season was one of my Super Bowl picks. Okay. One of my AFC winners, so... I think that they're hot right now unless they prove me otherwise once again that they can't do it, but <laughs> we'll see. I- I'll see how they do this game because I think so I... the city is dead.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting because I have the complete opposite. I have that the Dolphins are dead. I wrote fraud watch because that has been a term that's been yeah. floating around ever since the Dolphins lost to the Chiefs the first time. In Europe, I think it was Mm -hmm. the Germany game. I think so, yeah. That was kind of when the the conversation started that the Dolphins hadn't really beat anyone. And to this day, the only team above 500 when they played that they beat, I think, is the Cowboys. So the Dolphins really have a lot to prove going into this game. So maybe that'll give them a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. But I do think that those injuries are going to be tough to overcome for those Dolphins, especially because – even though the storyline has been this season that the Chiefs haven't been the Chiefs and that we're not seeing that Patrick Mahomes magic as often as we're used to seeing it. I think the Chiefs are hot by default because they're the Chiefs, they're the Chiefs. Home game at Arrowhead. That's a tough place to play to begin with. And this is so routine for the Chiefs. They are so used to the playoffs. I think it's like seven years in a row or something that the Chiefs have now made the playoffs. It's oh, yeah. something wild like that. So I just think that this is, this is a warm-up game for the Chiefs a little bit in, in a little bit of a sense. And I think the, the Dolphins have a lot more to overcome if they're going to win. So my prediction is that the Chiefs are going to take that first round home and don't necessarily think that they're going to be our Super Bowl champions this year. We'll get into that later down the line after we see what happens. I do think they are going to send the Dolphins packing back defrost in South Florida?
1: Well, you wouldn't be so far off because historically the Miami Dolphins are not very good in the cold. In fact, they've lost 10 straight when it is below 40 degrees at kickoff, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. Wow! So they do not like it cold. I relate to them in that <laughs> way. I would also not win a football game. Wow. It was that cold. So, wow, 40 degrees. 40. so this is yeah, 40 degrees. 40, I'm good. But other than that, I'm not winning a football this is, game. It's going to be almost 35
0: degrees colder than that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, crazy. That's so- crazy. Also,
0: another sub storyline on that game. Tyree Kill will be returning to Kansas City to play at Arrowhead for the first time since joining the Dolphins and leaving the Chiefs. Like I said, they did match up already once this season, but that game was in Germany. So technically, he hasn't been back to his old stomping ground since then. So that'll be interesting. And I'm sure that's the storyline that you'll hear a lot when you're watching that broadcast, which is exclusively on Peacock, which is ruffling a couple of feathers.
1: Oh my god, it totally is. Wait, were you able? There was another Peacock game. I think it was like one of the Black Friday games or like after Thanksgiving. And everybody was complaining. They couldn't watch it. Oh. Like people well people like didn't want to download Peacock. I heard a couple. Oh, I have things. Peacock. So I happen to also have Peacock, but I do get the the struggle. It's like, okay, we have to sign up for another streaming service. Yeah, like, I mean, from a business perspective, it's just smart. Oh, it's
0: and genius. they're paying a lot of money to get the rights to only do it on Peacock, but I get why. People the, are mad yeah. that they now have to sign up for another thing. So I think that I'm sure they're going to see a spike in subscriptions, but I also yeah. think they're going to see a spike in cancellations right after this game.
1: It's so but funny. This is a side I'm note. I'm keep my peacock. <laughs> this is a side note, and I'm like sitting up for this because I have a bone to pick with streaming services because we do I, like we have the Netflix, the Hulu, the Paramount+, Plus, all these things, the Peacock, the, all the things. I'm like, don't we have one box we could put everything in wasn't that called cable? Like, didn't we have this already? I'm gonna conf- Like we would pay one thing and then it's everything. I don't that's know. That's so funny.
0: Yeah. But anyway. now everyone's competing. And that's the thing though. Cause like, you're not going to give up your favorite show because another show you like, no. you're, you're going to get them all. And that's well, what they wind want up With
1: it. all the streaming services, whatever. It's fine. Wait, yeah. Like they're
0: competitors, <laughs> but they're also, they all know that people are going to get more than one. I mean, I, yeah. I have I think at least three streaming services. So many, I
1: have so many. It's I, I watch Prime. Have to. I have everything. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, anyway. That's a first. It's first. All right. Next up in the AFC, the first game on Sunday, my Pittsburgh Steelers, the seventh seed, against the two seed Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on CBS. Charlotte.
1: Hmm? You could start this our, one. You could tune in at noon. Everybody, obviously, watch the whole <laughs> pre-game. My bias is showing, I know, I know. I I
0: just, I have to manifest this and I cannot say anything other than the following. The Steelers are hot, the Bills are dead and I wrote next to it manifesting this one. But then I'll give you
1: some facts in a little
0: bit. Just want
1: to hear what you had to say, Charlotte. Just based on, not the matchup, just based on the team, I think that the Buffalo Bills are hot. They've shown us since 2020 that they're hot in December and January. It's just what they do. We're used to seeing this. They, they, Somehow so not either. in February because we can't make it that far. Oh, see, and we'll get there. And I don't think they ever have got to February before gotten to February. But I don't know because
0: the, their first their first uh, four Super Bowl appearances were was was the Super Bowl in January back then. It very well, may have been because I don't I actually know. would love to see. Have the Buffalo Bills ever played a football game in, in February?
1: February? Oh my god! Wait, well, they, that, might, no. they might. Well, they they might this season, Maddie. Because I think this team is hot. I think they're getting hot at the right time. Okay, Charlotte,
0: I, I love this storyline. I love what you're going for here. But in order for them to do that, they have to knock out my Steelers. So I, I disagree. I know,
1: I know. I feel bad. I'm also going to say, amazing. I actually truly believe, Maddie, that the Steelers are hot right now. Because the what are you I just? I love no, that you said I, that. No, yes, I love that you said that because I thought I was
0: being a little bit, DeLulu again. Just, okay, I'm manifesting no. the best. Go, go, go me for just, me.
1: I just I thought that I was gonna say dead. I thought I was going to, but then I look at the way they've played in the last couple of weeks, and I look at the way they've won in the last couple of weeks. They, they lead the NFL with most one-score wins, most fourth-quarter comebacks. They they also know how to win when it matters, and I'm just talking about in one game. So, I, I mean, there it's going to be a struggle for them. Just talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers alone, not even the matchup, it's going to be a struggle for them without T.J. Watt. That's a huge deficit. It is. A major yeah. deficit. So, but if they can do it, they've only done it once before without him. So yeah, if so they the Steelers can-
0: are actually one in ten. Yeah. When T.J. Watt does not play, which is pretty brutal. But fun fact, Charlotte and I looked it up. The one game that they won without T.J. Watt was <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Pittsburgh against Tom Brady. And yours truly was in attendance. So I think i have a good luck charm. So maybe I'm going to buy a ticket to Buffalo and change I up my weekend you might plan. Have Who knows? I think I don't I think so. are going to but... in Park this weekend. But my heart will be in Buffalo this weekend. Sure yes anyway charlotte i just looked it up and so there's like no nothing says like the buffalo bills have never played in february but i just looked up the dates of all of their super bowl appearances and they have appeared in four super bowls as we all know they lost them all january 27th 1991 january 26th 1992 January 31st, 1993, and January 30th, 1994. So I think the the Buffalo Bills have never played a football game in February, which is absolutely insane that that is not the headline everywhere because I think that that's just outrageous. Listen, if
1: they're at the Super Bowl, you best believe that I'm going to be typing on my graphic this is our first ever game in February. Oh, <laughs> so we'll see. Yes, Buffalo, the news. Do it for the storyline, Buffalo. It'll make my job a whole hell of a lot easier. Okay, but don't do it for the storyline. Because also, <laughs> even if they lose, you can say, another year without the Bills playing a game in February. We shall see, Maddie. But that'll yes. definitely be one to watch. Of course, you know where to watch it
0: on yes. we. One more thing I would like to just add in there. The Steelers are heavy heavy underdogs for this game. The Bills it's are favored by 10 points right now as of Wednesday night. I actually think that that's the largest I think it is. The biggest underdog in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, so the Steelers are a 7 seed obviously. That's that's the very last wild card spot, but that is a very big underdog deficit. But I like the Steelers as underdogs. Love as I love that. that I absolutely love when they're getting points. I, that, this is, that's another thing. Just, just on vibes alone, this is where the magic happens for, for <laughs> we'll the Steelers. This is, I'm ready. I'm excited.
1: And, and at the very least, you know,
0: bonus football. Bonus, bonus football, football. Another, I look at it like that.
1: Love it. Maddie, another thing that we should remember, unfortunately, I hate to say this in front of you. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel bad. But it's okay. You can say it. I, okay. I, the fans need to know. The fans need to know, do with this what you will, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have allowed 35 or more points in four straight playoff games, which is the longest streak by any team in NFL history. Yep. History. It's
0: It's tough. It's tough. History. But the last time they won a playoff game was 2016. So I would say we're due. You're due. And also, I I know this isn't really like a matchup, but I have to throw this out there because I feel like we haven't talked about it. And I think this is something we should acknowledge, is that the AFC North is absolutely the best division in football. And we have three of our teams currently in the playoffs. Every single AFC North team finished with a record above 500 and that is the first time that that has happened since 1935 and every single team in the AFC North has finished with a finished the regular season with a either the same or better record than every single team in the NFC South, which wow. is crazy. Wow. Which is crazy. So the Bucks, who won the NFC South had the same record as the Bengals, who were actually eliminated from playoff contention and in fourth place in the AFC North.
1: The NFC South was like the craziest little race. It was the steeliest yeah, race. We'll I just feel end. like
0: people are not giving the AFC North enough respect here, because people want to like talk about how the Steelers were down mm-hmm. bad. And yes, we lost a two back-to-back, two and 10 teams. I get it. We had a down bad stretch, but... They were five and one against the best division in football, which I think is impressive. So again, you can't count out the Steelers yet. You can't count out Mike Tomlin. I know he's faced criticism. Rightfully so. Like I said, they lost two back-to-back games against two and ten teams. But I also think you got to give them a hell of a lot of credit, and you got to give Mason Rudolph a lot of credit going into this playoff game. So I think that all they have to do, everyone is counting them out, and everyone is expecting the Bills to obliterate them. So they can only go up from here, and I think they're going to prove some people
1: wrong on Sunday. Maybe I'll eat my words, but I hope not, Charlotte. We shall (laughs) be. Well, we do have one more AFC team to mention before we move to the NFC. The Baltimore Ravens, Maddie, is team. We're not going to be watching them in action this weekend because they got their first round bye, but do you think that they are hot or dead? I mean, it's kind of tough to give – the teams with a buy a hotter deb because I'm gonna say that I'm just gonna say right off the bat, I think both teams are who are the hot. one seed are hot. Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be silly to say they're not, I mean, unless you thought they weren't. Then I would love, no, because to hear why they were they already both
0: had locked up the one seed, so neither of them even played any players for the last week, so you can't really go off of that anyway. Like they both lost the final week, but they lost because
1: they were allowed to lose because they had won so much earlier. Exactly. In the season. So, so they took a break. Yeah, they're they're both hot. I think that's fair. All right, let's talk so, about Sunday a little bit more. We have some more NFC matchups, Maddie. What's yes. what we got on on deck here after that Bills okay. Steelers matchup? Yes, Charlotte. So on Sunday, our
0: second game of the day after the Steelers. Beat the Bills and knock them out of the wild card race and move on to the divisional round. We will get to watch the Green Bay Packers, the seven seed against the two seed Dallas Cowboys. In Dallas, this is Mike McCarthy facing off against his former team, Charlotte. He is the third head coach ever to coach a playoff game against a team he previously won a Super Bowl with. And that Super Bowl hits even closer to home for me because that was the Super Bowl that he led the Green Bay Packers to victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And another bonus fun fact, Mike McCarthy is a Pittsburgh guy. So it all comes full circle. But what do you got here? Hot or dead for the Packers?
1: The Packers are hot right now. I think they've hit it up at the right time. I really, really love Jordan Love. I'm rooting for him. Okay. The name is just amazing. I love to love him. And I think that the Dallas Cowboys are dead because maybe oh. I'm, biased. I'm sorry. I'm a Giants fan. I can't sit here and give them any praise. They always do okay. this, though. We've seen this. They kind of stink to start the season. They go on a little run and they make the playoffs. And then we don't see them again. I just think yeah. they're dead.
0: All right, I love that. Again, have the complete opposite. I have the Packers are dead because the Bears had opportunities to win that game and they couldn't pull it off because they're the Bears. But I don't know. I think the Packers were definitely a dicier playoff team making it to the final stretch. And the the Cowboys, I think, are a little hot right now. Hotter than I expected them to be. I think that they had their little hiccup earlier in December with that uh, loss to the Dolphins. And they kind of got back on track the week after against the Lions. Obviously, that was a controversial game, and that could have ended in a loss. But because oh, yeah. they won, we'll take it. And then they beat the Commanders convincingly this past weekend. Yes, it's the Commanders, but I I think they're hot. And I think that the Cowboys this year look I know the Cowboys. I always say that they're overhyped earlier in the season. I said they were overhyped. Yes, I totally they usually they are, but I think this current team, at this current point in the season, is as close to the level that the hype is for them, okay, as they ever have been. Because yeah. I usually think the Cowboys are extremely overhyped and that they're not as good as people say they are. But in this case, I do think that this team is like around the same level as their hype. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl again?
1: I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm there.
0: But I think they are going to knock the Packers out pretty convincingly. So we'll see.
1: We shall see. All right, Maddie, what's next? What
0: do we got? Two games left, Charlotte. We got the six-seed Rams against the three-seed Detroit Lions. In Detroit, Maddie Staffy returns to Motown.
1: Oh, yeah. He does (laughs) the first matchup in postseason history between two quarterbacks – both facing their former teams. We talk about the bandwagon quarterback thing. This is the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff post-season meeting. This is going to be an interesting yes. matchup for sure. But do I think that the Rams and the Lions are hot or dead? That's the question. I think that, or yes, I said that right. I said the Rams and the Lions, yeah. but I like read the Packers on my list as I like verbalized <laughs> that. The Rams are hot. I think they are hot mm. right now the lions I think I like am a hater. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I didn't write them down cuz I couldn't decide. But do does you that know? mean they're dead? I guess that means they're dead. Do you remember earlier in the season I was being a hater for the Lions? Yes. I don't remember when yes. it was but I was just I was being a hater. I think we were doing a little hotter dead segment. It was during the overhyped. you said they were overhyped. I think so. I don't know. But like I like I love the story I love Dan Campbell. I love, you know, if this team was in the Super Bowl, it would be so huge for the city of Detroit. And I I mean, I would love to see it, but I just don't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm such a hater.
0: All right. I have the Lions as hot and heated because I think that they're still probably pretty angry about how that unfolded with the Cowboys. And then because that game unfolded the way it did, they decided to play all of their starters this past week in order to potentially, if the Cowboys and the Eagles had both lost, lock up that two seed. Unfortunately, the Cowboys screwed them yet again, and the Cowboys won their game, making the Lions uh, stuck in that three seed there. So I think that that's definitely going to make for a pretty fired-up, hungry team. And unfortunately, the only thing that kind of made me question my – choice on, I think that the Lions are going to win this. But the only thing that made me kind of second-guess that for a second is the fact that tight end Sam Laporta did get injured because they decided to play all of their starters. So definitely a tough break for them. But I think that they, that team, has every capability to knock out the Rams because, yes, yes, the Rams have Cooper Cup. Yes, they have Puka Nakua. I just, I kind of have considered them dead half since halfway through this season. So the fact that they squeaked into the playoffs as a six seed, just, I don't know. I don't think the NFC is as strong as the AFC. So I think like your six seed in the AFC, the dolphins is a hell of a lot better team than the six seed Rams in the NFC. So I don't know. I think the lions are going to knock them out.
1: You know, I go back and forth on the lions and I have all season and they've proven me wrong a lot. (laughs) I actually might right now at this moment. I might say that I think the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, like I don't. I, I had this gut feeling as like I want to be a hater, but I don't know why. And maybe I just need to succumb to it. Maybe I just need to. Maybe I just need to like ride with it. And maybe ride. I need to pick the Detroit Lions as my NFC champion. Okay, Charlotte. Something's like coming over me right now. It's telling me you need to talk about this right now, and you need to just. The, I don't know. I love I, it. I, I love it. I, like, it just came out of nowhere.
0: All right, I think I think Matt Stafford is going to give the city of Detroit one final gift and send
1: them <laughs> off into the divisional round of the playoffs. I don't know in in a back in kind of a back end way. If my if my gut was not right with my bandwagon quarterback, let it be right with this, please, because all right, I don't, all right, Charlotte, I, don't, I don't, don't want this. It's just my gut is like telling me I'm like getting indigestion just thinking about it.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, if this happens, you're psychic. Moving okay. to the final game of Wild Card Weekend, Charlotte, we have the five seed, which is insane that this team is a five seed. Philadelphia Eagles at the four seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Monday, eight o'clock, hot or dead? The Eagle, the, both these teams are dead, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. All right. I actually, I kind of feel like I should have put both of them as dead, but I went Eagles dead okay. because what the heck is going on with the Eagles? They had a very oh, rough no. December. And yeah. I just, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts' finger. Seemed messed up. I yes. just feel like this team uh, that uh, it's not it. This is not the year. No. This is not the comeback year that everyone thought it was. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Maybe they'll surprise us, but I don't know. I don't think it's it. They could beat the Bucks, but again, I starred the Bucks here. I think the Bucks have something to prove. They got a home game. Everyone wrote Baker off. It's the storyline. He wants to come back. Get in there. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm not sold. so. I don't.
0: This is a this is really a week of blockbuster matchups for yes, the wild card. The way that the cards fell here is pretty wild for all these storylines that we've been we've been sharing here. It is blockbuster. It totally is. Weekend, it totally is. Sure.
1: Now, Maddie, before we wrap it up today, we have to give a little let's do a little bracket here. Who do we think? So we we gave our winners, I need to write this down because we're gonna show you guys our brackets for this playoff season entering. The div- entering the wild card round, so let's just go through it real quick. Maddie, Packers, Cowboys. You say the Cowboys? Yep.
0: These okay. are straight up. it out against the spread.
1: Straight up, I'm saying the Packers. Okay. And then you're saying Rams or Lions? You said we're both taking. The I said Lions. Lions. And then, ooh, Eagles, Bucks. So who's winning? Bucks. The Bucks stops here. I'm gonna take the Eagles unfortunately okay. okay quickly let's rip through it the browns and the texans you took the texans right texans yeah all right i'm taking cleveland miami kansas city chiefs you, t- oh, you took the chiefs i'm taking miami oh, i don't know why i'm doing that but whatever let me be Steelers, why and then i'm taking the stillers against the bills all right i am taking the bills i'm sorry Alright, I actually love that we had almost all different. I love it. There. I love it. I think okay. the only one we
0: were the same one on was the Lions.
1: All right, so Maddie and I will offline about the rest of this. You're just <laughs> gonna have to watch for follow us on Instagram and you'll see yes. what our brackets are. But you have our our picks for I'm the divisional so or, I oh. think the divisional round. Actually, well, one
0: final tidbit before we
1: leave Charlotte.
0: My boyfriend sent me this tweet from X user at Stucky, S-T-U-C-K-E-Y, two, (laughs) number two. Uh, He tweeted, quarterbacks making first playoff start versus quarterbacks who have playoff experience are 17, 35, and one against the spread and 17 and 36 straight up since 2002. That would apply this year to the first four games with Jordan Love against Dak Prescott, CJ Stroud against Joe Flacco, Tua versus Mahomes, and Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen. So, let's see. If you guys are if you guys are into betting, maybe you're interested in that.
1: I'm going with my picks, but
0: that's just a fun little tidbit. Me too. food for thought.
1: And we will break it all down next week, so join us back here at the same time next week and we'll give you all the updates.
0: Go Steelers.